Thanks. Thank you so much, guys. Good morning, everybody. Someone just get some more lights here, please. <laughs> Ambiance is good, but <laughs> I need to see. Thanks, Zach. Okay. Isn't it amazing how different God makes every one of us? Just our different gifts, our different talents, our different personalities, our different likes and dislikes. Because I can promise you, if a dog jumps on my bed at 4 o'clock in the morning, I'll just say that might be its last jump in its life. I'm just going to leave it there. But God bless you, Paul, for feeding that dog at 4 in the morning. And that's a piece of God that he put in you that he did not put in me. And I love and appreciate that part in you, my friend. So I put my hand on your shoulder every day as you feed that dog at four in the morning. So bless God. Dogs are good in other people's houses. Okay. Um, I know where I'm going to end today. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I know what I'm ending with today and a little bit of what I'm speaking about. But um, this morning, 24th. Before I forget, on the 24th, we're having a, a service here. What time? Six o'clock. We're having a Christmas service, Christmas Eve service. So please come out and celebrate together with us. Uh, this morning, something supernatural happened. It was amazing. Um, not spectacular. I think sometimes we confuse the supernatural. We're looking for spectacular to happen. And many times God does things supernaturally and it's just so blasé or we're so used to it or we see it all the time that if it's not supernatural, that we miss it. But I'll explain to you what happened, but it was absolutely phenomenal and I'm so excited about the service today. But I just wanted to read here, uh, uh, do you know there's an app, Line, L-I-N-E? People in Taiwan use it. So um, can you remember when I came back from Taiwan in August, I did a service and I spoke about going out one night with the people in the club and the one guy came to me and he said, you're a pastor, how can you hang out with these people? I want to read you a, a line message that my friend sent to me this week. Now, I hope it makes as much sense. I'm going to try and explain it to you. While we were there, um, I'm not going to go into any details, but a friend of mine that I've known since 1994, when I went to 95, since I went to Taiwan, he's a, he was a manager of nightclubs. So he didn't own them, but he managed a lot of nightclubs. And something happened, and he had to leave Taiwan, and he went to China. So he was there for a very, very long time. Haven't seen him, haven't really heard from him. And then while I was there in the summer... Uh, he had some health issues. 
So he was forced to come back to Taiwan to go to the hospital there, Tangan in Taipei, which is a phenomenal hospital. Had some issues in his stomach, and they didn't know what it was, and he was losing weight, couldn't eat, couldn't, it was just bad. So in any case, one night we all, all of us DJs and club people, we went for supper. And this friend of ours was there as well, and uh, he, he didn't have anything to drink. He was drinking water, so you know there's something wrong, very wrong. So we were all sitting having supper there, and they explained, you know, what the situation is, and he has problems with his stomach. So I said to him, afterwards, I want to pray for you. Now, these are not Christians. These are, these are not people who believe in God, who know God, nothing. So I said, they, they know my testimony and what I do now. And so I said, after supper, you know, I'd just like to pray for you quickly, if that's okay. He said, yeah, sure, no problem. So when we were finished supper, everyone left. And I said, okay, let me pray for you now. So it's in the restaurant. Everyone's there. I mean, the whole restaurant's packed. I just laid my hand on his stomach, and I just blessed his stomach, and I said, thank you, Jesus, for healing, and, you know, didn't think anything about it, and, and we left. Last week, my friend sent uh, this text. My friend's name is DJ Stone. So he said, he said, Alex says, this is the guy I prayed for, he wants to thank you because miracles happened to him. These are people who don't believe, so this, this is for him to say that. So because miracles happened to him. So I said, yes, wonderful. When I prayed for him, Jesus healed the, the situation. Thanks for telling me this. So he said, the last time you touched his belly and prayed for him, something magical happened. No one was there when I prayed for him. No one was there to see that. In other words, this guy who's a non-believer went to our other friends and said my stomach is better but this is what happened when rifle laid his hands on my stomach and prayed for me a miracle happened no one was there to see that so stone is sending this back and he's saying you know this is a miracle that happened last time you touched his belly this is their english taiwanese english his belly and prayed for him something magical happened their stomach were all right so I said, that is what Jesus does. Jesus was healing him. And I said, that is why I am healed too. Because they know they saw me go through everything I went through. Just singing that song today, you have turned my morning into dancing. You know, sitting in that same hospital that Alex went to in 2000 and, 2004, 5, 2005. Looking at my wife up there, 2005. As I said, I was in a wheelchair. I couldn't walk. And then you do rehab. They put you in a room. And this amazing is hos uh, this amazing is hospital. This hospital is amazing. They do things with people who have problems in their head. They cut out some of the bones so your head is concave. I'm sitting in this room. It looks like a Second World War bunker where people's heads, half of their heads are missing. They can't talk. People's mouths are gone while they're fixing them. And I'm sitting in there with these people. And I'm texting my dad in South Africa, and he's talking about, man, remember when you were younger and you kicked that rugby ball so far and you hit the cricket ball and you did this and all of that? And what I'm thinking about is all those wonderful times, and here I'm sitting in this room in a wheelchair with these people. I can't even pick up a chopstick. So he has literally turned my morning into dancing. He's so good. So, praise God.
So I just said, that's why I am healed too. So <laughs> then he says, so I am more convinced that you are truly certified by God. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's not jokingly. That's his English trying to like, okay, you, you know, you've you got the stamp of approval, man. You, so I said, yes, and amen, glory to God. That's good. So just wanted to give God the glory there. Praise God. That, that was not the supernatural thing that happened. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in any case. But that was pretty amazing, yeah. Um, the last time I spoke, I spoke about what do you believe, why do you believe that, and what comes to mind when you think about people being translated, meditate, you know, things like that, food multiplying, angels speaking to people, people going into trances, people having visions. Is it in your Bible? Yes, it is. So why do we not walk and believe for that today? So that's what we were talking about. So if we can go to Isaiah 55, we'll start there. And we all know this part of Scripture very well. Isaiah 55, 8, 4. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, uh, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I pleased. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So because we see things differently and we read different Bibles, if you know what I'm saying when I say that, certain people, because it says there, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And some churches believe that this is what God sent a certain thing for, and another church will say, no, 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 that's not true. This is what God sent that for. So how is it going to prosper as you believe? Certain churches, this church believes in the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, miracles. Have we seen it here? Do we do it? Yes. Why? It's prospering here. Why? Because we believe. Another church has the same ability, same Holy Spirit, same everything, but it's not prospering there. It's not bringing life there. It says it's not prospering, even though he sent it. Why? Because they do not believe. So we have churches, and I spoke about us being growing up into the denomination instead of growing up into the faith. The faith of what? The fullness of Christ. Being like Christ as he is, so are we in this world. So God has sent certain things and certain people see it prosper in their midst because they go after it, they believe it. And others don't because they don't believe it's for them. So God says here, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And that's a pretty scary, scary concept. And as far as the heaven is above the earth, so are my ways above yours. So I remember there were three verses. These are two of them that really when I was contemplating suicide, should I have to stand before God, I can tell him one day, your word says that your thoughts are not my thoughts, so how can I think your thoughts? You can't hold me accountable for not being able to have your thoughts. That, that's an unjust God. If my thoughts are not your thoughts... How can you blame me for doing something if I can't have your thoughts? Your word says so. If your ways are much higher than mine, how can you blame me for mine? 
Yet I said that after I was reborn. I said that while having the mind of Christ. Isn't that amazing? So in this new covenant, we can't use this anymore. Because we have the mind of Christ. So old covenant, God comes and he says to the people, that's why you have all of these things in the temple. That's why you have people ministering and people doing things and you've got a holy of holies and outer and inner courts and praise and doing all the priests and all of that. It's showing you some, it's bringing you towards the day where you will not need that anymore because I will dwell in you. You will be my temple. And now you will have my thoughts. I will be in you and greater will I be in you than he that is in the world. So not only do you have my thoughts, but you have my mind. So now that we have God's mind, how much of God's mind do we use? That's the question. So if we have to renew our minds to prove the will of God, not stumble upon it every now and then, that's a big deal. Because if we can have his mind and act the way Jesus acted, we will get the results that Jesus got. So that's what we're going to be looking at a little bit today. So, 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. So the greater one lives in us. Is that a nice verse, or is that the truth that we walk in? Do we quote that, or do we believe and live it? Because it's a nice little verse that you put on the fridge or your one little daily breads for the day. Take that run out of the door. Greater is he that is in me. But when you go somewhere, do you believe that? Do you live that? Or do you just quote it? Because you see the difference? A human being with an encounter, a human being with an experience, trumps a person with a theory every single time. You can have theories all day, every day long, or you can have an experience that blows that whole theory out of the water. So you can talk about Jesus not being the way. You can talk about this world that is going to hell in a handbasket. You can talk about that, and you can say how bad things are, and you can look at the news and read the papers and do all that, or you can have the Prince of Peace living on the inside of you. And your talking and theories... <laughs> It amounts to absolutely nothing because of the experience and encounter that I have. So you can say Jesus is not real and the Bible is not true. And you can have all of these reasons and theories. But when I got saved, I was there. You were not. I, I, I was there. That night, 3rd of March, I was there. It happened to me. It was an encounter can't explain to you what happened physically, you know, mentally, how everything, but I knew when I left that room that night, I was a different person. I had an encounter. You can't take that away from me. So talking about things and having scriptures that people can quote and say, this is not real and this has passed away, if you've had an encounter and you live by that and you've experienced that, theory doesn't work anymore. So arguing it just becomes to you who has an encounter a waste of time. That's all it becomes is a waste of time. So that's why we're not wasting time on things. We're going after everything that he has for us. So 
1 Thessalonians 5.23. Everyone knows this. If you've been in this church, you've heard it many, many times. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The more I am alive and the more I deal with this stuff and the more I see it, the more I realize, the more God shows me, the more Holy Spirit makes it real that these three things are so intertwined and you can't focus on one and leave the other one out. You can't. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are. If you just want to focus on the Spirit, there are things that are going to happen with your body that you're not going to be able to understand because you're just focusing on the Spirit. They are so intertwined. And we have a great teaching on, you know, you are spirit, you have a soul, you've got a body, all of these things. But it's so much deeper than that. And if you understand it and that every thought that you think has an effect on your body, it's just amazing. And now you'll start watching the thoughts that you have. Because many, many times we are not conscious of what we're thinking. When I deal with people, do seminars, my first question is, are you thinking about what you're thinking about? And we most know we don't. We just think because the mind is running. And it's running by itself, without any help, without anybody there. The mind is running. It's working all the time. So if you don't understand that, if you don't know that your mind needs renewing according to what the Word says... You've got a mind that's broken, that's running all the time, and you're not thinking about what you think. Your subconscious just takes over and moves you in certain directions. And you think a bad thought, there's a chemical that goes with that bad thought. The thought brings a chemical, brings forth an emotion. The body walks out the emotion, and now you're moving in a direction. Good thought, good chemicals, moving in another direction. So the body and the mind, the soul, is so important, these three together. And it's spirit first because we are reborn. Our spirit should be leading and guiding. Our body and mind should follow the spirit because that's where God is. God is a spirit and those who serve him must worship and serve him in spirit and in truth. But if your body is not in the right place, thinking the right thing, doesn't matter how renewed your spirit is, it's just not going to work. So, I was just talking about we focused on the unity of doctrine instead of Ephesians 4 where it says until we all come into the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's the bar for you and me. And as amazing as certain preachers and teachers are and we can learn from them, that's wonderful, but it's Jesus and Jesus alone. We go after Jesus, and we look what Jesus did. And every time Jesus did something and we don't do it, we have to look why we could not do it and why Jesus could do it while he was walking on earth. Because he had the same Holy Spirit that we had, born from a woman, flesh, tested and tempted in all things, just the same as you and me, yet without sin. He's the bar. And if we cop out and have excuses for why we can't do what Jesus did, it means our mind is not at a place that Jesus' mind was. We are not using the mind of Christ. Because our spirits are as he is, so are we. 
Spirit's 100% fixed, 100% right. Your spirit can believe anything God says. When you pray in tongues, you are believing things that if your mind knew what you were praying, you would shut up. But praise God, it bypasses the soul and it goes spirit to spirit, deep calling unto deep. Us, Holy Spirit, God talking to God. And our spirits just yes and amen. That's why it's so important. The Bible says when you stand praying, believe that you receive, right? It doesn't say when you pray in your language, believe that you receive. It doesn't say when you pray in English. It says when you stand praying. So when you finish praying in tongues, say, I believe what I just prayed. I receive that. Because when you stand praying, believe that. It doesn't matter what I just prayed. I believe it. And now praying in tongues just becomes more and more powerful. And we want to do it more. Because what did I just pray? I don't know. But it's a perfect will of God. I receive that. What did you just say? I have no idea, but it's a perfect will of God. So I say yes and amen to that. And now it becomes such a powerful vehicle for us to walk in. So believe that you receive, even while you're praying in tongues. So we spoke, as I said, about meditation and and just all certain different kinds of things. So I want to skip over all of that. Let us go to Philippians 4, verse 6 to 9, please. Because today at the end of the service, we are going to meditate. All of us, we're going to meditate. We're going to really start doing the word, not just reading and going home and saying, oh, that was nice. We're actually going to do and see and have the effect of doing what the word tells us to do. Because if we have God's thoughts, which we do now in the new covenant, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Old covenant, people couldn't think the way God did. We can So when we understand God's thoughts, when we have the mind of Christ, when we see how Jesus dealt with things, then we need to deal the same way as Jesus did. So in other words, what is God's thoughts concerning sickness and disease? God's thoughts concerning sickness and disease is healing. That's his thought. So when there's a sickness and disease, his mind is healing. Why? Because the stripes paid for that. What are God's thoughts concerning anxiousness? Peace. And so many times we focus on the wrong thing, and wherever thought goes, energy flows, and that thing just becomes bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. Where God doesn't focus on sickness and disease because he knows that the stripes of Jesus paid. He knows his name, one of his names. He knows Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is Jehovah Shalom. He understands peace. So when there's anxiousness and there are things like that, he doesn't pay attention to that because he is the Prince of Peace. He pays attention to that. So when we have his thoughts and we think like he thinks, we will have his results and we will get the things that Jesus got while walking here on earth. So he'll be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. We know that. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now here, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these. Why does Paul tell us to do that? 
Because whatever you think upon, whatever you look at, you become. It becomes bigger and stronger in your life. Faith is not just for people who read the Bible. Faith is for everyone, whether you believe in the Bible or not. The Bible is the handbook for human beings, not for Christians. There's so many people who, who do self-help programs and all of these without knowing it, they basically just forget to quote the scripture that they use in their seminars. Because you stand in front of a mirror and you say, I am able today, this day, this good things will... They just, that's Proverbs 18.21. So this book is not just for people in church. This book is for every human being. Because you see, when you believe for something, what is Hebrews 11.1? Now faith is. It's a substance. It's something that makes something else come to pass. Faith is a substance. If you honest to God, even if you don't believe in God, if you have faith that you're going to get kicked out of your apartment one of these days because you do not have enough money, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Are you still in the apartment? Yes, but not next month. Okay, well, that's faith. But this is why Paul says, meditate not on those things. There's nothing praiseworthy in you being kicked out of your apartment because you don't have money. But people think upon that. People meditate upon that. And when it happens, what can they say? See, I told you so. Now you are a prophet. You don't even believe in the Bible. When people will come to you and say, man, you just, you're a man of God. You speak and it happens. You get angry. But you're using a biblical scripture. You're using a principle from the Bible. That's why Paul says, if there's anything good, trustworthy, pray, meditate on these things. Because whatever you have faith in, whatever, Hebrews 11.1 1 is just not for Christians. It's for everything and everyone. Now, now, faith is the substance of things hopeful. And you may be speaking things, you may be thinking things, there may be things in your subconscious that you don't want. But if you have faith that that is going to happen, that's the evidence of things not seen. That's why we don't meditate on. And what is meditation? Just thinking upon something, speaking something, believing something's going to come to pass. So you and I can't hope for nothing. You hear the whole time, you've got to hope for something. It's like belief. You can't believe in nothing. Even if you believe in nothing, you're believing in believing nothing. You can't believe in nothing. There's no black hole when it comes to belief. You're either believing one thing or another, but you are believing. You're either serving one thing or another, but you are serving. You are either choosing one thing or another. I'm not going to make a choice in this. And the most amazing thing is that we have freedom of choice. You can choose whatever you want. That's the most amazing thing. You can choose whatsoever your heart desires, but you're not free from the consequence of that choice. So be careful what you choose because every choice has a consequence that goes with it. 
So God bless. You're free to choose anything. But make sure you want the consequence that goes with that thought. So we're choosing, we're picking, we're believing all the time. You are believing for something all the time, whether you believe you're believing for it or not. But you're believing. So that's why it says, yeah, meditate on these things. Think upon these things. And then the peace that surpasses understanding, it will come to you. If it surpasses understanding, where does it exist? If it surpasses the understanding, where does it exist? There's a realm out there that we are in contact with all the time. Whether you see it, whether you believe it, you can't smell, hear, touch, taste, or see. You can't. But there's a realm out there that is touched, that is engaged through us, through this physical being, even though it's not visible to man. And we are so used to, because we are trained by the five senses, that we go according to what we smell, see, taste, touch, and hear. Paul's dog that jumped on the bed at four in the morning, do you know that that dog can taste, touch, see, smell, and hear? A dog can do that. You know how much higher we are than dogs? There's a realm that you and I have the privilege and the, the absolute highness, the call of God to engage in that goes beyond the five physical senses. And how are you and I going to get into that realm? How are you and I going to apply that realm? How do we go to that realm if you can't go there with your five physical senses? How are you going to get there? How are you going to go there? Through your mind. Your mind is going to get you there. And now if your mind is in a good place and it's renewed and you think like Jesus and you have God's thoughts... All these things work for us. When, when someone gets a word of knowledge or a prophet prophesies over someone, where do they get those ideas or words from? Because you can't get that with the five physical senses. Where does that come from? Another realm. A higher realm. We don't think anything of it in this church if someone brings forth a word of prophecy or word of knowledge. But as soon as you say, where did that come from? Where did they tap into? Now it's like, oh my goodness, that's, ooh, that's a bit, ooh, that's do-do-do-do. That's out there. Yeah. If you meditate on these things, the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, which surpasses what you can understand with your mind, what you can see with your five physical senses and get, it goes way beyond that. But you have to meditate on that. You have to go higher. You have to come up here to be able to reach that, the fullness that God has for us. If you go through the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, kindness, temperance, goodness, self-control, all of that, not one of those things can you kick down the road, can you pick up. You can't put any of those things in your pocket. So how are you going to walk in them? What, what is joy? 
The Bible says that for the joy set, where is that? Uh, Hebrews 12, please. Hebrews 12, verse 2, my love. Can you put that on there? Okay, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross? So the joy that was set before him, where was that before him? Could he touch that with his physical senses while walking on earth? Question, could he? The joy set before him, could he, could he take that and put it in his pocket and walk around with it? No. How did he have joy concerning things to come? Where, where did he go to be able to reach that, to be able to walk in that, to be able to see that? His mind. And when you think the right thoughts, joy comes from that. This morning we sang, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Can you, I'm talking about a physical thing like this microphone. Can you hold joy in your hands? No. Can you measure it on a ruler? No. Is joy real? Yeah. So where does it exist? Somewhere in a realm that you can't physically see or touch or hear or taste or smell. But it's real. How do you get the joy? You think of something truthful. So the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, well, you know, I'm such a sinner. I can't never do anything right. I can't. God's not angry. You know, God is this and God. There's no joy in that. That's not the truth. So that thought is causing your body to literally vibrate in a bad vibration, brings your energy down, and now the thought that should bring truth, the joy of the Lord is my strength, man. He dances over me at night. That's the truth about how he looks at me. But if your mind is not renewed, that verse is not going to do you any good. But it's a realm out there. And if our minds are set on things above, if we truly are, are we seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? How do you go there? While you are sitting here, 822 West Franklin Avenue, how are you going to go to seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Spirit, you think about being there. You close your eyes and in the spirit, you see yourself being there. And now while you are there now, what is your perception of God? Are you sitting on his lap? Can you touch his beard? Can you put your hand through his hair? Or are you sitting there like, okay, this is, man, this is, what is your perception of heaven? What is your perception of God? Because if you can close your eyes and be there, someone can be there and hug him and someone will be there and saying, stay away from me, I'm a sinful man. If your mind is not renewed to who he is, how he sees you, that verse is not going to do you any good. But if you can sit in heavenly places on his lap, in Christ Jesus and be there and see the angel. You see that with your mind. And the more you practice that, the more your neurological pathway will change to see truth where you are and it will become more natural and more natural and more natural until it just, it just happens because I don't have to think about it anymore. I close my eyes and I'm there. The mind is so important. 
So what do you believe? How does God see you? How do you sit on his lap? How does he speak and think about you when you enter that room with the angels over there? That's very, very important, but it all starts in the mind. The Bible says that a house divided itself will not stand. You have a conscious and a subconscious mind. And if you believe something with your conscious mind, 5% and 95% subconscious mind doesn't believe the same, that's a house divided. It will not happen. Because with your conscious mind, you choose a goal. You aim to do something, but you reach it with your subconscious. So if those two are not the same, if they're not lined up, if they're not thinking the same, it's not going to work. And that house is divided. It will not stand. That's why believing correctly is so important. That's why Jesus says, when you speak to the mountain and believe in your heart, confession is made with the mouth what you believe in your heart. And we have many Christians speaking but not believing. It's a divided house. And then what they're speaking, speaking, speaking doesn't happen. But because we were told to speak, 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 it's still not happening. And then after a while, it's like, you see, it's not happening. This is not going the way it should. Meanwhile, it's a house divided. Because Jesus said, if you speak and believe, it's going to happen. So we have to have the conscious and the subconscious, the mind renewed to his thoughts, walking out the perfect will of God, using the mind of Christ. I just asked Brett just to come here, just to do a little explanation. He did it before, but it's, it's exactly about what we're talking about. I'm, I'm going to use it on the mind just now. Brett, if you'll just come and, and do that. I'm not going to reinvent the wheel here. I'm just going to give it to him, let him explain. Uh, are, are we able to get uh, Second Peter, uh, first chapter, 5 through 8? Second Peter, first chapter, 5 through 8. So uh, while we're waiting for that, there's a verse in Philemon that says that uh, the sharing of your faith becomes effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you, in Christ Jesus. In Philemon uh, chapter 1, or I guess there's only one chapter, anyways, uh, that the sharing of your faith becomes effective by the acknowledgement or the understanding of every good thing that is in you, in Christ Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of Brett or the fruit of Rudy. It's, it's the fruit of, it's, it's his fruit. You know, but we have all of this inside of us, right? So uh, we have, with Second Peter, it, it, there is kind of, I love words. I'm a wordsmith. I love breaking down words. And it's really funny sometimes how the uh, English language can't really capture the Greek or the Hebrew. Uh, so we have this amazing word in the Greek in Second Peter, but uh, in uh, the English it's just ad, add, ad. <laughs> in Greek, epikorageo. <laughs> it's this big long word with that, that combines three different things at once. But uh, anyways, I'm just going to talk a little bit about it. It says uh, basically, I, I can just read it. Uh, it says, oh, there we go. Okay, it says. Uh, Okay, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And we'll just stop right there with that word add. Uh, it actually means epikorageo. It's a, it's, a, it's a word that combines three different things, but uh, basically the meaning of it is like a choir conductor, like a, a conductor, okay? Epikoros, where we get chorus. 
uh, a conductor. And so uh, basically what this verse is saying is, uh, again, taking that with Philemon to acknowledge every good thing that's already in you. It's not that you're trying to get this stuff. It's already there. And as a choir conductor, okay, you're starting to uh, basically almost pay attention to every single one of these details that are in you and making a whole piece and conducting this that's in you through your faith, right? So, uh, so add epikorigehu to your faith, virtue, and then the knowledge, and then the, the perseverance, and the, you know, the self-control, the brotherly kindness, all of these things you're conducting within yourself, all right? Uh, for if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, you're, the, you're the choir conductor of all these things that are within you. And as Rifle says, with your mind, paying attention to these things, believing that this is within you. And you conduct this great piece, this masterpiece that uh, has been bought for you in Christ. And, that, you know, and uh, the, the, one of the greatest parts about this so this ends at verse 8. In verse 11, that same word, epikorigeu, is used again. Except this time, it's for Jesus. He's the choir conductor leading with you in this whole thing. So it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty amazing uh, piece of scripture. But it it's, goes along with what Rifle was saying about acknowledging these things and creating almost uh, under your own influence, your own faith, a, a, a masterpiece of... Uh, of, of, of acknowledgement of all these things, having faith that all of these things actually reside in you. So now, when Brett originally told that story the first time, he was saying this verse scared him. Because you've got to get this, then you add something. And then once you've done that, then add some more. And you keep on, wait, wait, when, when am I going to stop? I'm trying, I'm, I'm working at it. And it's just, it's already there. It's like a conductor. So if you say, okay, drummer, you start drumming, then it's just the drums by himself. Okay, guitar, you come. Now it's a drum and the guitar. Now it's the bass. And, now, and at the end of it all, it's just this most amazing sound. And I want to equate that to the brain. That's exactly the same way the brain works. As soon as you say to yourself, I can't, the brain literally shuts down. And the brain will cause you to not be able to do what you said I can't. The most simple way to explain this is Henry Ford. He said, whether you say you can or you can't, you're right. Whether you say you can or you can't, you're right. So you hear people saying, well, I'm just not good with numbers. I can't remember names. As soon as you've said that, your brain says to you, okay, that's a command that you have given the brain. You're the conductor, Remember? It's your band. You stand in front and you say who plays and who doesn't play. So if you say, I'm not good with names, bam, you've just conducted the not remember names to play very well. So when you go to shake someone's hand and say, hi, I'm Rifle, and they say, I'm John, your brain says you will not remember this rifle because you say you're not good with names, so you won't remember. So as soon as you turn around, the brain shuts off because you gave it a command. You are the conductor. That's how the brain physically works. But if you say, I can, if you take Mark 9.23, all things are possible to him who believes. Not me, not my sermon, not my quote, Jesus. That's what Jesus said. All things are possible. 
Because the brain, as soon as you say, you know what, I can do that. You know what happens in the brain? When you become conscious of your ability to be able to do something and you focus on the answer, the left side of the brain physically starts speaking to the right side. The front of the brain starts speaking to the back. The CEO, the frontal cortex of the brain starts speaking to the hippocampus, to other parts of the brain. And now it's like the conductor is saying, okay, I can do this, I can do this. And the brain starts looking out. How can we make this happen? That's physically what happens when you say, I can. When you say it's possible. Even though you can't see it, touch it, smell it, taste it, hear it, in that realm of the spirit, in that realm where it exists, if you say, I can get that, I can do that, the brain starts working to pull that down so that you can find out what's the next step. An idea, a concept, something will come to you that will drive you in the way of getting whatever you say, I can, it's possible, this is for me, this is God's will for me. So you are the conductor. So if you say, I can't, you've just picked up that stick and said, right, we're not going to do this. But if you sit down and you say, I can, your whole brain lights it. People, they're taking pictures of it. They're measuring this. Let me tell you about this morning what happened. In the beginning of the year, Pastor Doug, in January, we, we have meetings and we talk to one another about the year that's, that, that's coming and, and, and that's happening. So last year was really difficult for me. The end of last year was, was not fun at all. So January, in the meeting with Pastor Doug, I sat down and I was just so disappointed in the church, not harvest, not but the church, just things that are happening. And I just, it was difficult, it was hard. And I said to him, you know, I, Sunday after Sunday, churches meet and they go home. And I spoke about that last week. What I want to do is I want to have more practical sessions in church. That's my desire. That's my heart. I spoke about it the year before and people, some of them lost their minds and left and got angry and all of this is happening. So I'm I'm backing off. So what I'm doing now is God told me to open a business. So I'm doing seminars. I'm doing workshops. I'm doing that. And I'm talking about the quantum realm, energy, brainwaves, all of these things, but not here. And I would love to do that here because it's from the Bible. And Pastor Doug said, I agree, that's wonderful. Let's, let's do it. Let's go ahead. So I was ready to do it, but do you know sometimes within you the timing is just not... You, you know something is for you. You know it's there, but it's just not the right time. That's what it was for the whole year. It was, I know this is God. I know he told me to do this, but it, it, the timing was was just not there. And then all of a sudden, the Neil starts speaking about this stuff. They bring in Arun, and he talks for 12 hours about brainwaves, energy, and just, oh my goodness, everything that, this is it. This is yes. Yes and amen. And the most amazing thing is when we left there, there were no more theories because we had the time change. We had golden teeth popping up. So, A man with an experience trumps a man with a theory. So we have experience that this is God. We can show you 
that this is truly what happens in the throne room if we bring that down, if we believe and we do these kind of things. So I was, you know what, I, I, I think it's time. And then last week, Lindsay did a session after the service about doing this and stepping and activating and all of that. So in the beginning of the year, I said to Pastor Doug, I'd really, you know, um, Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I would really, really, man, that verse, that's where I'm going to start. We're going to do it. And in preparing for this week, what I'm going to say, that was, that's on my, okay, when we finished and Greg's done, that's why I said, I know where I'm going to end. I know I'm going to get, I don't know I'm going to get there, but this is what we're going to do. So we're going to practice that. We're going to be still and we're going to know that he's God. So now the supernatural thing that happened this morning before service prayer, we're standing and we're praying and they pray for me because I'm doing the service and Nancy comes up and she says, you know what, Rifle? I just see you. I can't remember what she said because I was, but she said, you know what? I, I just see Psalms 46.10. I just see the Lord saying, be still and know that I am God. I, I don't know why. I just see that coming from you and you laying. I'm like, you have no idea. You have no idea how that is God exactly because that is what I plan to do today. To absolutely physically do that. Because if we can have the mind of Christ, if we can have God's thoughts, and that's why I say, what, what does God think about sickness and disease? He thinks healing. What does God think about anxiousness? He thinks peace. If we can have those thoughts, God's thoughts, if we can go to that realm that you can't physically see, smell, taste, touch in here, and you can go up there, the only way you're going to do it is with your mind. How many of you have seen literally with your eyes or touched the book of life? Say again. You're real, physical, touched it. But how many of you believe it's there, it's real? That's faith. That's believing in something that you can't see. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us that we now know or we, we don't think about anyone anymore after the flesh. So if you can't think about someone in the flesh, there's another realm that you have to be thinking about that person about. Because you're looking in the flesh. You're seeing with your five senses. But the Bible tells us don't do that. So in other words, there's a realm that exists for every single person that I need to get into that realm when I look at them. And many of us look and we see here, this age, that color hair, no hair, no hair, black, white, brown, my wife up there, yellow, this one's all, all of that. And we have all of these five senses that we look in and the Bible tells us not to do it because every person exists in a realm above this one. And when I look at you, I need to see truth. When I look at you, I need to see the way God sees you, not the way I've been told you act and the way you are and your age thinks this way and your race does it this way and your people from that side of the train track always keep no because there's a place where they exist outside of this five physical senses realm and I am called to see them like that I need to enter the higher realm to see truth I need to see myself in the higher realm to see truth. And when I start seeing myself through the eyes of truth, I can love my neighbor 
as I love myself. But so many times I can't love my neighbor because I don't really love myself. And when we can go to that realm with our minds, with our spirits, and we can see and perceive and receive from there. Remember last week I spoke about when Peter came in and they said, doesn't your master pay temple tax? What does the Bible say? Jesus perceived. He knew. Where did he get that from? Because Peter didn't say anything about the tax, but Jesus anticipated and said, hey, Peter, tell me about the tax. Who do the people collect tax from? He got that from another realm. Always from the higher realm, bringing it down into this realm. So that's what we're going to do now. So we're just going to 15 minutes. We have 15 minutes. Forget about time. To be able to do this, you need to step out of time. And we're just going to have nice music playing. Why is the music important? It calms the brain waves down. It slows the brain waves. It's not to make you mushy and feel all emotional about something. It literally slows the brain waves so that you can get to a place where you can consciously be aware of God and know that He is God. Be still. So that's what we're going to do. Any circumstance and situation in your life that you are concerned about, whether it be healing, whether it be finances, whether it be family, whether it be your job, whether it be your kids, it doesn't matter. Get God's thoughts about that circumstance. And his thoughts are always the opposite of what the enemy in this five physical realm is throwing at you. So if it's disease, his thoughts are health and healing. If it's lack and poverty, his thoughts are abundance. If it's fear, he's full of faith. So now you're just going to literally be still. I'm not going to think of anything else. I'm taking the circumstance and situation and I'm going to a higher place to think from a higher level to receive a higher answer than the problem that I'm facing right now and I'm just going to know that he is God and he is good and his thoughts concerning this are love, joy, peace, whatever you're thinking but we're physically going to do it so close your eyes, forget about time just take a couple of deep breaths breathe in through your nose Slowly breathe out. Take that circumstance that you are concerned about. And just now be quiet in front of him. Go up higher, go to him. Take that circumstance, give it to him. It's now he's to bear. And know that he is God over this very circumstance.
Father, we are so grateful that we can just be still in your presence and know that you are God concerning every circumstance and every situation that we face today. There's nothing greater than you. There's nothing more powerful than you. There's no test and trial that can stand against your love for us. So we just thank you that we can just cast our burdens upon you. Jesus name, right now in the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for touching. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We praise you. We thank you. We are grateful. We bless you. We honor you. We say yes. We say yes in Jesus' name. We bless you and we thank you, Lord. Receive the health of the Lord in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving, touching, healing. Thank you for release of healing in Jesus' name. Release of healing in Jesus' name. Release of healing and joy in Jesus' name. Joy and healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Healing be in Jesus' name. Lord, we bless you and we thank you. We bless one another. We bless this day. Go out in peace and joy and receive the blessing of the Lord. Merry and blessed Christmas to you all.